We're gonna start right now. Three, two, one. Shipping! Whopping. Whopping. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> God damn it. Why can't we do all three way whopping? I don't want to do a three way whopping. Just fucking start the podcast with you. <laughs> Here's the best thing it's already started. Whopping people. We're back. The podcast is back. And now it's got video. We're on YouTube, guys. This is very exciting. Okay, first and foremost, I have a very exciting announcement to make, guys. So, in the spirit of a new format, to reinvigorate this very dusty old podcast, I have decided to bring on a co-host. Shut up. It's that It's that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, Kar- it's Karaminder Gooman. He's Hello. New- That's it? That's what you got? Hello. All right, you said that already. And today's special guest in the podcast is Tony Tafe, a headshot photographer based in Arizona, right? That's right, mate. Yeah. Where in Arizona? I'm the. I'm, I'm going to be the first guest of the four-hour-long podcast because of you two, fucking waffling on. Waffling people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tony, you're in Arizona. Where specifically? Scottsdale, mate. Scottsdale, Arizona, and that's and that's fairly close to Los Angeles, right? You also do some work in Los Angeles. Yeah, I do work in LA. Yeah, it's about okay. about an hour flight from LA. Very cool, very cool. And for those of you, I mean, for 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 the viewers, um, the three of us speak regularly because we're all friends. And Tony, to me, speak for yourself. All right, thanks. <laughs> Such a good idea to bring you on. God damn it. Anyway, um, Tony has possibly one of the most inspiring backstories when it comes to being a photographer, I would say. What, he was born to ginger? No, that's not it. <laughs> that's pretty inspiring how he, how he overcame his gingerness to become a photographer in Arizona. That's a great story. I love that story. Fuck's sake, this is gonna <laughs> suck. All right, Tony, let us know how you got started. What, would you, what, were you, what, what was your previous like life like? Before you were a photographer, and how did you transition into being a full-time photographer? My previous, my previous life, I was a poor ginger boy on the streets, the streets of Gingerville. See, told you guys. <laughs> Oliver Tafe. So, over Oliver Tafe. Yeah, no. So I grew up in England, um, and in England, I used to sell cars. I used to work for Audi and Bentley. Um, I got the opportunity to move to LA to sell cars to sell Aldi's, to work for an Aldi dealership in Santa Monica. Um, and so they were going to sponsor me for a visa because I'd won like awards and stuff like that back home. Um, they were going to sponsor sort, me for the visa. Hold on, what sort of awards? What sort of awards have you won, Tony? Like sales awards, like national sales awards and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, so uh, Aldi in Santa Monica were going to sponsor me for a visa. Um, so I moved over like on the spot. The visa was taking months and months to come through. So um, I had to make some money. So I bought a cheap camera, cheap lens, never taken a photo in my life, ever. Um, and then I, I literally used to get in my car every morning and drive around LA looking for things to photograph. And then I, I became okay at that and sell to like newspapers and stuff, websites and all that. So yeah, I became okay at that. And then um, you bought me. You want me to, um... No, I hear you. I just need to close my window. Sorry. 
because people are outside. Go on. I'm very um, interested. Karaminder's falling asleep, apparently. Great co-host, by the way. Yeah, I know. Go on. Host? Um, this is news. So, yeah, so I, uh, I, I became okay at it, and then I got a job at a news agency, and then um, started taking headshots about four years ago. And Very cool. That's it. Mm -hmm. And may have, my favorite part of this whole story is that you've grabbed, you, you've taken this business opportunity and absolutely exploded with it. Like, you went to the moon with it. Like, you're doing so well and you're actually helping, and it's great that you have a sales background because you're actually helping other photographers improve their sales. How are you doing that? Um, so I, I, over time, I developed like this method that I use. Named, mm -hmm. Pete, Peter named it the TNT method, and it's, it's kind of stuck. When you um, say Peter, you're talking about Peter Hurley? Oh, that, that Peter. That, okay. that, that's, that's the guy. That's the one. Go on. When we talk about TNT, what does it stand for, Tony? I don't know. Tony's Tony's nifty titties. That's not what it stands for. I know it doesn't. No, it doesn't stand. It, it doesn't have. A, it doesn't have. It doesn't stand for anything. Um, the tagline is is that it'll blow up your business. Right? Yeah. Tagline. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. So people make money from it. You guys make money from it, right? You guys are both. Um, I made some change. You guys, yeah. You guys are both um, adopted it. And make making more money from it. Can I, I just say we've adopted it. it fully? There's no modified. There's no hybrid. T no pure TNT. Hundred percent pure organic, homegrown, okay. Liverpudlian steel TNT. Yeah. So that's a good point. And uh, and let me follow that. So Tony, can you give us a quick, like real quick? You don't need to give us the full, like spill all the beans, but can you give us like two beans of what the TNT method is essentially for two, photography? Two beans. Two. Uh, so the the TNT method is is basically something that streamlines your process when you're uh, when you are with a client. It takes away packages. Um, you have a session fee and a per image fee. Um, Streamlines the process for you. Streams like streamlines the process for the client. Takes away um, obstacles to buy, which I believe, as headshot photographers and probably as photographers in general, we put these obstacles in the way of clients. There's a ton, you know this is a quick description because there's a ton of yeah. detail behind it. Um, Can we just say really quick, Tony? There is a full video uh, on the Headshot Crew where you can watch the like Tony spell out TNT method for you. So yeah. like plug that too, Tony, let them know that they can. Well, well yeah, that, that video is cool. It's, it's, was it like 10 minutes long? Something like that. It's about 10 minutes long, something like that. And it's a really good overview. It goes over some really good points. Um, but we're about to film a full tutorial for it, which is going to be a couple of hours long. Um, and that's going to have all of the, all of the little details that are going to make a big difference for people. Um, so yeah, the, the video on the crew is really good as an overview, but the, the full tutorial is going to be the gold. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and okay, so let's, let's, let's talk about this. And I want to open up the conversation to everybody because obviously Tony is a very sales oriented man and he knows a lot about this. Um, why do you think photographers, aren't focusing on sales as much as they do on 
you know, camera gear and lighting and all that. Like, I, I think that sales is like the last thing the photographers are focusing on where it shouldn't be the last thing, right? Like they well, should let, start focusing well, on sales. On let me get in on this. You could do Cause you said you, you opened it up for everybody. You really just meant me. I mean, it's as a co-host, you said three sentences so far and it's all been jibber jabber. No, it's not. I, I, I well, actually, you know, you're probably right. Okay. Let's move on. So I think for people who are photographers who are just not focused on sales yet, they're always focused on what they're lacking. So let's say their images aren't good. So they're working on technique and how to get it better. If their gear's not good, then that's even further. It sets them even further back of like, got to upgrade my gear, got to get better gear that can get me to that level. Because I even work with a photographer whose gear was holding her back. And actually, she was one of your wingies, Pedro, and you helped her over Skype and couldn't figure things out. And it was just because her gear, like, you would adjust the power of her strobe. Nah, still full power. That, that strobe was disrespectful to whatever your commands were. Just didn't care. Oh, you want one-eighth power? Oh, hell no. Here you go. Full one-on-one -on -one power. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Deal with that. So, so the point disrespect. is that... Exactly. So equipment can hold you back. So once you get past equipment, then you're like trying to do connection, right? Trying to get like connection in a headshot and, and trying to make the best shots you can. And once you do that and you're an associate, you I feel like a weight is then lifted and then you can worry about everything else. You can worry about, all right, sales, your website, stuff like that, just, just sales and stuff like that. I, that's what I feel. I feel like people aren't confident about their stuff yet. And once they are, then boom, TNT method. But do you feel like that they are doing this? Like, is, is it supposed to be that way? Are you supposed to be focusing on all the technical shit and then moving on to sales? Because I feel like by the time that you're, you focus on all that. Now you've got to play catch up to all the sales techniques that you I need to learn. No. no, Pedro, I don't think that's a good mindset to say you got to play catch up um, because I think people learn in different ways. Some people can do like, yeah, they can push on all fronts that way, like a little bit of technical here, a little bit of sales here. Um, and I think some people are a bit more focused and not, I don't say they're like laser focused. They're like, okay, let me just focus on this goal first and then I can get to this goal. And I think Tony's nodding his head. I think stepping like a ladder that's stepping and, and, you know, you achieve one rung and then you graduate to the next. And then this is where you open up to. Cause once I remember Pedro, once we hit associate, all we talked about was business at that point. We didn't really talk camera gear other than like, Hey, it's a new product. Does it work well? That's it. That's all we'd talk about gear wise. We then it's always about sales technique. Um, how we run our businesses better, how to automate things better. It all became we all just became businessmen after associates. Tony, what do you think yeah. about this? I I think that photography um, attracts technical-minded people. I think the majority of photographers I know who are maybe not full-time photographers who have another job as well, they're very technical-minded people, and that's where they feel comfortable, and it's where they put most of their energy into the technical side of photography. Obviously, the technical side of photography is huge. Me, personally, I'm not technical at all. You guys know. Like, it's a miracle that I know what a fucking f-stop is. Like, I know what I need to know, and I I kind of really, really focus on that. And and I know you're nodding your head, and you guys give me shit for it all the time. <laughs> but but it's, it's helped me in terms of like not stay in my lane but like go with the niche 
you know what I mean? And not really get distracted by anything else. Like I can um, put all my energy and all my time into getting these couple of things really, really right. Um, and I also don't have a very, um, I don't feel like I have a very um, artistic brain either, creative brain. And so again, like I don't have these urges to try all this fucking amazing shit that you guys try. Like I just don't have the urge. And I, I will do at some point and I will like go into that at some point. But I want to be really, really good at this first. And, and I, by this, I don't just mean headshot photography. I mean the business side of it as well. Like my mind isn't like trying to do 10 things at once. Um, and I think that's when you're you're both creative and technical or one or the other your mind is just trying to do too much you have these fucking urges to either be technically perfect or creatively able to do a million different things do you know what i mean yeah i i have neither so it's it works out for me and you do have you do have biceps tony so you got got that's true that's true you do spend a good amount of time in the gym Mate, I haven't last couple of months, man. I, I haven't been able to. <gasps> Tony, you're losing your your sense of self. I've I've, I've been I've been physically um, injured. Oh, that's mm. right. Okay, yeah. You that's know, right. my, we know Tony's about back. Tony's on the men. I I had an injury from I had a, <laughs> an injury. Tony's on the man. Uh, uh, what was it from, Tony? Sorry. It was from from a um um an injury. You had an injury, yeah, an, from injury an injury from an injury. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Total sense. All right, let's pull this back. So the yeah, reason why I the reason why I think this topic is very interesting is because my opinion is uh, I obviously think that you know creativity and technical ability is very important, and I'll be the first one to admit that. But it is my opinion that, and you see this all the time, photographers that learn or or artists in general, like artists that learn what they need to instead of learning everything, like learning every aspect of their craft. So photographers that learn what they need to to start running a business and then focus on sales and focus on marketing and all that, they are massively successful compared to photographers who focus on all the technical and all the artistry and then they start wanting to sell and then they get frustrated because, oh, nobody buys my images, which is... which. I'll, I'm going to push back a little bit on that, Pedro, because I know photographers who are – they are practiced, they're mastering their skill of what they do, and they get kind of opportunities from that. And it's kind of, it's basically just a different business model um, that they either sell their images or they um, – these like commercial photographers who always have their campaigns and email blasts to art buyers, and then they're the ones that hire them. The art buyers hire them to do these like five-figure jobs that you maybe yeah, you get they, like you know three or four or five a year. These are very experienced, very talented. That, yes. You know they've done all that. They've done all that groundwork. They've laid those foundations 10, 15, 20, Oh yeah. Thirty years ago, you know, like and now they're so good that that kind of stuff comes natural. Yeah. And you know they they didn't do that in the first two weeks. They laid those. They laid the foundations first, and this now allows them to. They put the, you know, they they did the shitty work, which is not that fun. And now they they get to enjoy themselves a little bit more by doing this awesome stuff. And I think that's what 
I, I think that you have to have a foundation. You have to. Like you've got to be really, really good at something before you start trying to be good at everything. Right. But my, my point is, and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Karaminder, you mentioned like email, like campaign blasts and stuff. They yeah. are putting in that work. They are putting in that, that marketing work and, and that, you know, the sales work. Um, obviously they did all the, they, they learned everything that they needed to learn to make, to, to make these efforts in terms of sales and marketing now. But what I feel is a lot of photographers nowadays are focused on the technical and are focused on the artistry and they leave the sales and the marketing behind. To be fair, Pedro, I'm going to say this. You are a tremendous help in the headshot crew. And I know that you are surrounded by people who are asking for help. So I think your viewpoint may be a little skewed because you're such a wonderful person to help people who have questions, right? But I'm saying that I think your viewpoint is skewed because of that. Because I don't feel that way. Um, because you're dealing like, with working like professionals. We, well, but I'm just saying that what we have in Headshot Crew, what we teach, TNT Method, is very much a business model that is catered business to consumer. And then business to business once we go to with um, a company that hires us. That's more. That's still a little business to consumer because the business is still a consumer. You don't really partner with them. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that business model. I'm confused about that statement. Well, because you're saying that people don't focus enough on sales. It's kind of like what you what you're saying. Yeah, that's the premise. And either people can either do it. I, I said this earlier. Either people focus on um, you know one thing at a time, but they're just focused on like when you're they're helping. Are they going to ask you about sales, or are they going to ask you more about technical and connection with client? Both. We have people that, I mean, in the crew, you have people that ask about one thing and then you have people, I would say most people are asking about technical stuff. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, But even going beyond the crew, even going beyond the crew, like look at, look at tutorial companies like Kelby One or or ProEDU. Most of the stuff is technical, like or technical tutorials, like how to do this, how to light this, how to do this in Photoshop, how to do whatever. It's very rare that you'll see a really good sales tutorial. Shout out to TNT. <laughs> it's, it's very rare that you'll see that because photographers are so focused, and that's my opinion. Photographers are so zeroed in on all this technical stuff. Then they get frustrated because they learn all this stuff, and then they're like, okay, let me put all this in a website, and then I'll just wait, and everybody will come. No, it's worked. No, it's worked. Yeah, I, I don't think I wouldn't criticize them for it, the photographers. I don't I, I think that because most of you know the photography information out there is technical stuff, then they're consumed by that and they're kind of not really they're not being prompted to think ahead to okay, when I'm a re- when I'm a good photographer, what do I do then? You well, know, I don't think I- it's I think that's where we can I can help with this method in terms of keeping that in even at the back of people's minds of okay even when you can take a photo you're still going to have to be able to run a business you know whereas now nobody's really given that information no one's prompting them to think about that and so why would they you know like the experts out there for their own good reasons are not teaching that stuff so why would people think about it 
you know. Can I provide can I provide some market data as to why there's so much more technical, you know, tutorials than there are business tutorials? Sure, give us yeah. the data. Cuz think of it this way, it's like a little bit of a pyramid, right? So you have at the very top you have your top photographers that you know, the ones we look up to your um was it? I can't remember their names right now, but like Platon, right? Like at the top of his game, right? Uh, um, Annie Leibowitz. These are like the very tip of the top of the pyramid, right? And at the very bottom, you kind of have like amateurs, hobbyists, someone who went to Costco, bought a camera because they're having a baby. You know what I mean? Like that kind of a crowd. Well, t typically, I feel like there's a lot of cameras that are purchased when a baby is being introduced into a family, that they want to capture the baby. Sure. Capture the baby in photos, not any other way. Don't be weird, guys. <laughs> Don't be worried, guys. But no, listen. Yeah, we're not caging so, babies so, over here. So the amount of people, the amount of percentage in this pyramid is that this is the bottom. There's so many people that are that are like, oh, I'll spend 59 bucks, 99 bucks on a tutorial, you know, Creative Live, RGG, wherever, just to kind of get to know how to do this more. And then from them, from there, then people, perhaps they're a bit more serious, they're better, and then they graduate to another level. And probably that's where they join, let's say, Headshot Group. And then that, that's where they probably design or they decide like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. I can start a business. And then that's another level that they're up, up up higher. So the percentage of people, let's say you make a product and you want to make a good profit at it. You want to kind of target the biggest market you can, not necessarily a very small niche market. Because if you do a small niche market, then in order to make money, you, your product has to be higher priced. So let's say if your business teaching product is $4.99, but your how to get started in photography is $99. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes real actually might be the most single piece of useful information I've ever heard from you in my whole yeah. life. I've never oh, heard you really say something so useful. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. Mind blown. So now no, we have we have sense. 30 more years. I, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. He's he's right. He's, he's I think he's spot on. I think he's spot on. And do you think it's ever gonna? Do you think that at some point? Photographers are going to start to realize that, oh shit, like I should probably focus more on sales than I do. No, I think they do realize that. But like Karaminda says, they only realize that when they're not, when they want to make a business out of it. Um, the people who want to make a business out of it is a, is a much smaller percentage than people who call themselves photographers. They're still photographers, but they, they're not necessarily looking to make a business out of it, or 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 I think a bit of, a big part of it's a mindset thing, and maybe they just don't believe they can make a business out of it, and they're happy doing their job, you know, their, their regular job. So yeah, I think photographers do realize that, but they only realize it when they need that information, and a lot of photographers don't need that information. Agree, but a lot do more more than enough do for us to be given that information like telling, like pedro what about when you're a student and you go to high school then you go to uni at what point in uni do you worry about getting a job after you graduate some of the smarter ones do it while they're while they're still going to school but the majority finish school and then they look for a job well i'm not the best i'm not the best person to ask regarding that why is that pedro i'm just kidding i feel like i'm throwing you under the bus don't answer uh tony He's I, also I, a horrible person. To ask. <laughs> Fine. As someone with I a bachelor's know, degree. I, I didn't go to university either. I went so, and I dropped out. I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind. 
<laughs> hey, to be fair, hey, I dropped out for five years, d- did a business, it failed, went back to school, graduated, then I was trying to find a job and I couldn't, then I picked up a camera and then started doing this stuff. So I did. So why don't you answer your own question? Fine. So when you're like, you have so much time dedicated to school and doing homework that it is difficult. Like even though I had a part-time job, but that was not in the industry or field. And I feel like the better, my better studio, studio mates, no, my better college mates, um, they got say internships. They were hip to it and they were wise. They got internships and they were already working in the field as they were graduating. And some of them like, you know, I don't need to graduate. I don't need to spend all this money, get, get all this debt. And they just kept working. And that's good for them. But majority waited till they finished and graduated, then did the job hunt. Okay. And you feel but, like that's the right move? It's a move. I don't I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Right. Um, okay. Like I'm not I sure. would never tell you guys that hey, it's the wrong thing not to go to university. No, hell no. You do you just yeah, you're a grown ass man. Profit. You decide talk, yeah, you decide what you want to do. Right, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so Another topic, what do you feel is one of the main mistakes that photographers make when it comes to sales or marketing? I feel like, Pedro, you feel like they're not doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. I think they're not doing it. Yeah, they're not focusing on it, right? Yeah, well, the, like I see photographers who still talk about um, printing leaflets out. And I'm sure that there's a market somewhere that that would work in. But generally, like, I I, I think, so what, one of the things I think people do a lot is they think, not think too small, but they think about their next job they're going to get rather than thinking about what the next 10 years or the next five years of the business is going to look like. So they're trying to do all they can. They're putting a lot of energy into getting oh if i if i do this job for this person they they have a contact in this company and i might get you know like it's 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 small thinking i i think whereas i don't think many people are building a brand i think i don't think many people are thinking about what they what impression they want to give what message they want to give you know um i think people people are trying to get individual jobs they're not trying to build a business does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like I speak to people and they say, I'll, you know, what, what have you been up to? And they'll say, oh, well, you know, I've been speaking to this person who's spoken to someone on the phone 10 times in the hope that they get this job, which might lead to that job, which is fine to do as long as at the same time you have, you have in mind what your business is going to be doing in five years' time and, like, what kind of – don't just try and get any clients. Obviously, any client is great, but, but don't – have a have an idea in mind of what um, who your client is, you know how you're going to attract those kind of people over uh, over a period of time. I mean, does this make sense? Am I just waffling on? No, like I, so in, in, in my in my mind, it's really clear. But I've tried to explain this to people before, and they, I just think people think about the individual client rather than their own brand and their own business like what what are you trying to say with your brand because what you're trying to say will determine who you attract do you know what i mean i, th- I, I think that's a big mistake i'm gonna ask you to elaborate so when you say yeah people are focusing on the, the client their, their next client instead of focusing on their brand 
what is it that they're not doing that would be focusing on the brand? So how do you Please build go. the brand is the question, sure. I guess. Yeah, I, I, I've spoken to very, very few photographers who've done a brand outline, who know what colors they want to use and why they, why they want to use them, who know, like for me, for example, I use myself for, for a... Um, Please so use I, <laughs> I, I look at like high-end, um, usually fashion brands, as um, people to draw inspiration from. The reason for that is not because I particularly like high, a, a specific high-end fashion brand, but I want to attract the same clients that they're attracting. So if you look at like um, Chanel, for example, they have two or three very simple colors in their brand. Every in is is very um, is very simple. Do you know what I mean? They're nothing like they don't over explain shit. Like they know what they believe in what they sell, and so they they're not telling everybody on their website um, which country the leather comes from or which factory or like they might say like hand stitch or some basic stuff like that. They don't do sales. They will not put anything on sale. Things like that, you know, that, that like you have to think of, okay, who are my clients? Who do I want my clients to be? Where are they already shopping? And and what can I draw from them to put into my business that will that will help me attract those clients? I speak to very few photographers who've done anything like that, who've even thought about it. And that's building a brand instead of just trying to get somebody through the door. Because if you're constantly trying to get somebody through the door, you're going to be working so fucking hard. It's going to be so stressful. And it's never going to end. If you build a brand, eventually it works for you. Do you know what I mean? The brand does the work for you. Um, and I believe, I believe in that a lot. I, I, you know, Sales and, and marketing are really important, but a big part of that is building your brand. If you don't have a brand, what are you marketing? What are you trying to sell? I don't know. You know, and by brand you also mean reputation, right? Yeah, everything. You're, you're, you're the whole package. The whole package. Yeah. Karaminder, what do you think about this? So I remember this from my, from like marketing class where you have different demographics of people, basically categories of people and how much they earn and where they spend their time and their money and essentially. Where does your product fit in with that? And, you know, people say, um, you have to understand your market. This is kind of what that means. You have to understand who exactly is buying your product, who's your product for, and then you market to them. Meaning you, yeah, just like Tony said, the colors, the language, um, how you present things. Like you can't, you can't have something that's Fisher Price and ask for like, I don't know, 10 grand for it from a high-end art auction, unless it was like, gosh, Andy Warhol. That's different. I'm getting off topic. But the point is that um, your you, the way you package your message and the way you package your site, yourself, your, your business, uh, all that matters to who you're speaking to, who your like, perfect client is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean... My and I'm just I'm just playing. I I agree with 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 both of you said 100%. Just playing devil's advocate here. I guess the problem with that is is that it's very 
let me choose. I, I would say it's very subject for the lack of a better word. It's very subjective in the way that it sounds great, but you don't see the results immediately. That's my point is that maybe that's why some people struggle with that is because that will, that will give you great results in the long run. As Tony said before, that's, that's a move. If you're thinking 10 years ahead, but for somebody that wants the results now, well, yeah, you have to plant seeds. You have to, yeah. you have to plant seeds. Like, it's, it's if it was that quick, Pedro, everybody would be doing it. Of course. And and also the so if you want results now, then go and chase those clients like a madman. But build your brand yeah. at, at the, the same, same time. time. And then you get the best of both. You can I'm not saying don't chase when I I hope it didn't sound like I was saying don't spend a lot of time chasing clients because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm do, I absolutely do that. I do that. You have to, but but you have to be doing something long term at the same time. If you're only yeah. chasing those clients, then that's all you're ever going to be doing, and you're never going to make much money doing that because you're always going to be discounting. You're always going to seem desperate to get people in the door. Like discounting drives me crazy when I see photographers discount. The oh work. yeah, oh yeah. I saw one yesterday, Tony. So people, so many do it. Yeah, I, can't, I couldn't stand. I saw one yesterday. I was like, I scrolled right past it. They said, that, "Hey, I'm I'm here, and I'm gonna offer a discount because someone else canceled." And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Okay, that can't, I can't. That just cheapens your brand. Like, what are you doing?" It just it cheapens your brand, but also it's it's lazy. Oh, if you're if you're discounting, discounting is the laziest, easiest, cheap, um, most expensive way for you to get people in the door. Can we, what if it's we said so, this, Tony? Crazy. What if we said this? Hey, I'm Chanel. Uh, I've just sold eight bags at this price, but I've got this one bag left. And if you buy it within the next 24 hours, I'll take off. I'll be 50%. Yeah, you know, off. How, what is that, Chanel, how does that make Chanel look? Chanel would rather throw it away. Oh, yeah. Burn it. Just be like, no. Yeah, they burn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible example because those kind of companies, you know, we don't, they, they have terrible business practices. But I, just as an idea, as does Caraminder. If if we yeah, if we want to be attracting these same clients, then we have to look at these people who've been doing it for years and years and who are really really successful. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Yeah, what's going on? What are you, Sorry, who broke you. Sorry, I just had a I broke myself. I just had a joke come into my head, but it's a bit inappropriate. So let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, stop stop discounting any photographer. Please stop discounting. It's lazy. And you should have more respect for yourself than that. Use that time to market, follow up emails, work on yourself, mental health, right, Tony? Like you, can we yeah, just talk about whatever. mental health for a second? Sure. Just for sure. a quick, just quick second. Like Tony, I know, I feel like you, for your mental health, what you do, you go to the gym twice a day. I mean, right now you're, you're injured because of an injury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but your thing is you do, you, you go to the gym twice a day. Yeah. That's like how you blow off steam and just chill out. Pedro, yeah. what do you do for your mental health? Um, I'm a huge DIY guy. So I either, I build, like I make drums or I paint backdrops or I paint app or build Apple boxes. I just, I just love building stuff and painting stuff with my own hands. What about you, Karaminder? What is it that you do for mental gym, health? Gym and video games. Spend time with my girlfriend. That's about it. Yeah, my girlfriend doesn't let me do video games anymore. Ooh. What's well, uh, okay? I am whipped. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, um, so the, let me ask you. And this. the reason why I bring that up is because when I see photographers who are like, they just keep pushing and pushing and struggling and struggling. And, and sometimes just take a break, look after yourself, and, and maybe something either clicks, uh, but then you feel better. And when you feel better, I feel like you do much better work, you do much better marketing, you're more focused and clear. That's what I'm, that's the, kind of the gist of what I wanted to talk about or, or summarize with what looking after your mental health is. That's all. That's, that's actually a good topic to talk about pricing as well, because a lot of people are like, and Carabinder has used an expression that's like, get out of bed money. Like how yeah. much, Oh yeah. how, how, all right, why don't you talk about that? Well, get out of bed money is like, it, it, there, once you start, and first, when you first start, your get out of bed money rate is pretty low. Like, I'll get out of bed for 50 bucks. Oh, now, and then once you do that for a while, you're like, oh, I'm not going to get out of bed for 75 bucks. And then you do that, and then you're like, I'm not getting out of bed for 100 bucks. And then it keeps growing, essentially. And then you reach a number where you're like, yeah, I'll get out of bed. Like, my studio is 45 minutes away driving or on a train, doesn't matter. It's 45 minutes to an hour away. And... I have a rate that even if someone booked me at the, the at the session rate that I'm going to go out there, I'm going to shoot one client and then I'm going to head back and that's okay. I don't need to shoot two, three. And it's great when I do, whenever I have like more than two shoots in a day, I'm like, this is like bonus money. I do my money dance. This is great. But your get out of bed rate is, is really just like, oh, well, I'm not going to do it for that low. I'm not going to do it for that amount of money. Um, just cause I, I just internally probably don't even feel motivated. Like, I don't want I'm not, I'm not going to do it. But your get out of bed rate is how much money you're willing to accept to get out of bed and do that. Just that. The reason why I bring this up, and I think this is very important for people to realize, is that and I don't know if I've talked about this in the past, um, in past uh, podcast or whatever. But and this ties in with what Kara Minner was talking about mental health and, and giving yourself some time or whatever. You need to understand this. Like everything in this world is like is is interchangeable and and is is limited. Like, I mean, everything is quote unquote unlimited. Like, let's talk about money. You make money, you spend money, like money comes and goes, relationships come and go. Is Karaminder free frozen for, for you too? Oh no, he's back. Anyway, money comes and goes. Uh, relationships come and go. There's one thing that's very limited in your life, and that's time, right? So it's the most valuable thing you have. And yet people spend time, like they waste time, like it's like it's nothing. So like your time is very valuable, guys. So so if you're going to charge somebody to do something, like figure it, figure out what your time is worth, and it should be worth a lot, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're right. You. Yeah, it was. I was wondering why you were bringing it up, but that makes total sense. Um, <clears throat> yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. So, um, and I, I, I see this mo happen more often with people who have their, like, who are working out of a home studio or something. They're thinking, you know, I'm in my living room. It's not like I have a huge overhead or whatever. So I could just, you know, charge a few bucks and be done with it. But that's still like that. That time is still valuable. And once again, if you're undercharging, if you're charging too, like too little, then you're establishing your brand. Once again, what Tony was talking about, you're establishing your brand as just a cheap 
yeah. bullshit. I, I, so I, I think this is really easy for us to say to people, and I've just said it myself, and I'm trying, I'm catching myself, just saying to people, stop discounting, and that's it. You know, like it's it's easy for us to say that. It's not so easy if you're in a position where you feel like you need to discount. It's not easy to not discount. So what I would do if I was in that position, I'd 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 try and um, think about why I'm having to discount. You know, and and it might be something that's an easy fix, and it might be something that's not an easy fix. You know, location, um, your brand, the quality of your work. Um, the clients who who tend to be coming into your door, competition, all of that kind of stuff has to be thought about. Um, and so the reason I'm saying this is because I don't want somebody to listen to this and just be like, well, it's easy to say that. But, you know, we, we, we also have to have empathy for somebody who feels like they need to discount and not just be saying, don't do that. But what I would do if I was in that position, I, I'd, I'd kind of take stock of, of everything and figure out what I'm doing wrong. Because I think if you have to discount, you're doing something wrong. Um, and you have to take responsibility for that. You can't blame it on all of those things that I've just mentioned. Even though they're factors, you can't blame it on competition. You can't blame it on location you, because that's just not productive. So I would take stock and it might mean, you know, changing the business model up. It might mean, you know, trying to actively target a different audience, a different clientele, whatever. Um, but find a way to not have to discount because it will kill your business 100%. It's not a good model. 100% agree with that, Tony. Thank you for that. May I summarize a, uh, a, a kind of a different way of describing that? Like when you start out, you're just a guy like we're in a kind of a commodity business of headshot photography you're just a guy and then you build up you get a reputation then you become that guy right that's pretty good that's you you're getting better and then you keep working until you become the guy, the guy. And once you're the guy the guy does not discount and also i should say the gal apply everything in the gal as well i don't want to make it all sexist but the human no it doesn't work you know you're a, a human you're that human and then you're the human that then you just gooming. That's oh, me. Jesus. <laughs> but no, that's the point. Is is when it, when you discount, you're at the uh, you're basically telling yourself you're just going to be a guy, because then you're just battling on price, and then doesn't really matter who you are, it just matters who's the cheapest, and that's what a guy does. It also stinks of desperation too. Like if you keep discount, like let let's say this. Let's say that you go on Facebook and you see a local business that just keeps putting out discounts. Just, oh, this week, 50% off. Oh, next month, we're going to have a buy one, get two, like whatever. Like it just, oh God, these people are trying so hard. They're going through some shit. Like what you, what you think when you see that, it's what other people think when they see your discounts. Yeah. I will also say this as well. If you use this as an example, so me, having a background in sales, I will try and get a discount wherever I can. So if I go into a store that has a sale on, I'll try and discount. Absolutely. Because I know they're fluid with the pricing. I would never in a million years go into a Chanel again store and try and get a discount because it's not happening. It's not, and you will look stupid. 
Like this is this is goes back to the brand. Like don't don't make yourself the the sales, you know, the person who puts sales on all the time. Be the high end person who's making a shitload of money yeah. and giving a yeah. really good product and creating a lot less work for yourself, by the way, because people who shop on discounts are a pain in the arse. Oh my they god. Are oh, a yeah. Pain in the arse. yeah. Oh yeah. I'll say this, raising my prices. Uh, the beginning of the year thing ever, I just I just dealt with less less picky people, I suppose. Just people who are like, "Yep, I get it. There you go. Let's do it. Get it done." Just, just people, people who know what they want, they they know value, um, and they they they're not they're not worried about saving a hundred dollars. It's not a big deal, you know. And that's not a financial status thing. That's a you know just it's a, a mindset. It's a mindset thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to seem like, like you know, saying, oh, you know, people who have money are better. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that people who are not trying to penny pinch are just easier to work with. Yeah. And it's also better for your business, too, because those people give you good referrals. Like, I have never, like, because I'll, I'll speak from experience. I used to be that guy. I used to be that guy who, and then I started listening to Tony. I used to be that guy who gave a lot of discounts and, you know, oh, I know so-and-so. Can you do a shoot for me? Sure. Oh, because, uh, you know, they said that you gave them a great rate. I was like, um, okay, yeah, I'll, I could do it for you as well. You know, just – and whenever whenever people give you referrals at the, in that mindset, it's always bad juju. Like I, I don't want to say always. But most of the times you're going to get people with the same mindset as the people at the people who ask for discounts. You're going to get more and more people like that. Whereas if you get yourself out of that zone and you go after people who just, they appreciate quality, you're going to get more people that appreciate that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You attract the type of people who you want to work with. Exactly. Okay. All right, last but not least, um, Tony, if you had one, I mean, other than do not discount, but if you had one sales tip for somebody who was starting a business from scratch, what would it be? One sales tip? Man, um, know when to ask. No, that's not. Know the right time to ask them and this is TNT, know the right time to ask them how many images they want. Because that, if you ask them at the right time, it makes a huge difference versus if you ask them at the wrong time, huge. And this is gonna, I can't do anything but refer to TNT. I'd love to like go into more depth than that, but it, it takes a while. Um, the video, again, that we're gonna be doing in, we're going to be doing it in a few weeks, so it'll be ready in like what six weeks or so. Don't, no, don't, don't, <laughs> please, for God's <laughs> how sake. You, how, how long are you going to take? What, what, what deadline can I put on it for you? I can't, I don't, anyway. No, no, and anyway, so that when when that's ready, which is going to be some point in the near future, yes. Um, I mean, it's going I'm, to have room. I'm editing it so you could say near future. If it was Karaminder, then it was, yeah, undetermined. I, 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 yeah, undetermined. T T B D. T B D. T B D is probably the best thing you've ever seen. So there's that. Yeah. 
so anyway, um, in in that there's going to be um, going to be a lot of good information. There's going to be how to structure your sessions. It's going to be um, removing those obstacles. The buyer will be explaining the obstacles, um, explaining how to remove them, what to replace them with, uh, and really, really importantly, is is asking them how many images they want at the right time. That will that alone will make you that alone will make you money. It will. Like, there is no doubt. Um, there's a really, really bad time to ask people how many images they want. And I think 90% of HR photographers are asking them at the worst possible time right now, um, just through habit, just because that's what other people are doing, just because that's the way it used to be done. Um, and yeah, figuring out the, the best time to ask them is would be my number one tip. And just while we're on the subject, um, I mean, again, you guys have, have made money from this method, right? Yeah, sure. Like a lot of photographers who've adopted this and making money. Peter's adopted it. You guys have adopted it. John Glover's adopted it. Uh, Mike Schacht, uh, Ryan. Um, sent, there's a ton of people who've adopted it. There's some variations on it. And, and for some people, no, yeah. no, for some people... For, for some people, small variations on it is not a bad thing because essentially what it's about is communicating with people and communicating with people effectively and in a way that is good for them as well as good for us. And we all communicate slightly differently. And so the small adjustments that are going to be made, which is fine, but essentially people who have adopted this method um, are making quite a bit more money from it. Very cool. Um, so look out for it. It's, there's going to be a lot of really good sales stuff in there. Yeah. Very cool. And, and that's coming down the pike, guys. So be on the lookout. One more thing. One more thing. Um, on my website in the next day or so, there's going to be a um, an option for photographer coaching for the TNT Ooh. method. So you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. So anyone who's listening to who's interested in it, who wants to do one-on-one -on -one stuff, and go onto my website and let me know. And don't copy my website because everyone <laughs> who's changing to this method is like, I got an email the other day from some guy who said, um, and it was he was innocent, but it was like funny. He said, um, he said, I just so you know, I've copied your website. I hope you take it as the as the form of flattery. <laughs> Not flattering. I haven't even responded to him yet. I don't know what to say to him. It's That's not flattering. It's it's theft. That's theft. Yes. Anyway, so don't do that, guys. Don't don't yeah. steal. I know also you... will kill your SEO. Will it hurt my SEO if people do that? That's Just a little bit. Chat question. I think. Can yeah, I? Can I? I'll add to that, Tony. Uh, you know how you hear the quote, "Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery." That's some bullshit right there. Well, well, hold on, hold on. People just say that and they don't actually say the rest of the quote. So the full quote is imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. Jesus. All right, guys, you have a good night. Okay. <laughs> that was from Oscar Wilde, everybody. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, Caramander. Thanks for call thanks for, for calling people mediocre. It's always great. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. I'm so and glad. And then you're I call here. Tony greatness. I mean, Tony is great. I mean, have you seen this man? All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad the podcast is back. Now, don't 
like I'm not gonna we're not gonna do this every single week. We're gonna do this when we get to it, okay? Now because here's the problem. Now I have to orchestrate this with Caraminder or Caraminder, however you wish to to Caraminder's say. fine. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Have a wonderful rest of a day. And uh Thanks, fellas. Catch you later. Bye-bye. See you on the next yes. one, guys. Bye.